This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. G'day, thanks for joining us. My name is Nathan. I'm the lead pastor of LifeGate Church. And I have a message that I want to bring to you guys today. So we're going to pray and then we're going to dive in. I encourage you to pray with me. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are the God that speaks to us. You teach us about yourself. You teach us how you want us to respond. Father, give us ears and hearts open to hear from you today. And Father, may we respond in the way you want us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, it was on the 1st of May this year that I ran my first marathon. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but I did it. I completed the marathon. I did a... um, I left my house here in Padstow and I did a 12K loop and I decided to do it three times, 12Ks, 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 and then a 1K loop six times at the end. Now, it was Thursday night before the day I did it and I was thinking to myself, I wonder what I should do on my day off. And I thought to myself, I might run a marathon. And my wife said, Nathan, that's crazy. You haven't trained for a marathon. Well, sort of. I'd uh, done some runs, some 5K runs. I was doing like a 12K run once a week. And I went, oh, well, let's give it a crack. So I tried and I ended up running a marathon. Now, it it wasn't about speed. It was simply about completing it. And so the first 12Ks wasn't so bad. I did the first 12Ks, went home, ate a banana, went to the loo, had a Powerade. Did the second 12Ks, did it again, banana, Powerade. But when I was in the third 12Ks, my muscles started to cramp up about the 30K mark, um, pain, uh, cramps, um, joints, man, it was bad. And I had these thoughts to myself, Nathan, what are you doing? You're crazy. Why are you, why are you putting yourself through so much pain, so much, so much agony just to complete a marathon? But when I had those thoughts, I put my mind on finishing because it's something that I wanted to do. I'd never done it. And I did complete it um, in just over four hours. The next day I could barely walk, but I completed that marathon. I wonder if you can relate to that story this morning or tonight, wherever you're listening to this message. You know, um, I'm not talking about you running a marathon because most people don't run a marathon. And I, let me say, you've got to be crazy to run one. But what I'm talking about is when pain and difficulty come, you keep on going. You know, when I was running, there was plenty of pain in my legs, but I kept on going to get to that finish line. And I, and I wonder if you can relate to that. You've been through seasons in life where there's been pain and there's been difficulty, and yet you kept on going. And the reality is we all go through that. No matter how old we are, how young we are, whether we're rich or poor, our different nationalities, our socioeconomic, we all go through seasons where life is difficult, where we go through pain. And it's easy for us in those moments to think like we're going to give up. But when we read the scriptures, when we find out what our God says about us, he tells us that he wants us to keep on going. You know, when we think about difficulty in life, it could be the uh, loss of a loved one. It could be financial difficulty. It could be sickness. It could be conflict with someone. There could be pain that you're carrying because of how someone that you care about has treated you. Maybe someone that you look up to, a leader has let you down. Maybe you've tried something new and you failed. We all go through difficulty difficulty in life. And the thing about our difficulty and our pain is sometimes 
Often, the pain and the difficulty we had no control over. It's the stuff that happens to us or the situations that happen around us that, that we find ourselves in that we have no control over. But, but what we can control is how we respond. Let me give you a thought here. Here's a thought. In life, we can't always control what happens to us, but we can control how we respond. One more time. In life, we can't always control what happens to us, but we can control how we respond. Well, friends, this is now our third message in our all-in series. And when we talk about being all-in, we're talking about living a life that's all-in for God, where we serve Jesus with all of our life. It's about recognising that this life is about God and his story and God invites us, me and you, as you're watching this on screen, if you're watching this with a group of believers, God invites each one of us to be involved in his story. And God wants us to live a life that is all in for him, where we're obedient to him, where we are serving him, where we keep on going and doing the things he wants us to do when things are difficult. And when we talk about being all in, we're not talking about being perfect because that's, that's just not possible this side of heaven. There's only one person who was perfect and that was Jesus. He was the only perfect person. But when we talk about living all in, we're not talking about perfection. What we are talking about, number one, is rather having a desire to honour God with your life where something within you says, you know what, I want to honour the Lord. I want to please him. So I have a desire within me to live all in. And the second thing we see is about being deliberate, where I deliberately make choices, where I deliberately make decisions to please God. It's about being all in in my desires and my deliberateness, my decision-making. Over the last two weeks, we've looked at Noah. Then we looked at Abraham. And today, we're going to look at Joseph. Now, when I say Joseph, I'm not talking about the father of Jesus. I'm talking about Joseph from Genesis chapter 37 through 50. I'm talking about Joseph, who's the 11th son of Jacob. And as we look at his life from the age of 17, man, he had problem after problem after problem. He had circumstance after circumstance that was really difficult in his life, really difficult. He was sold as a slave and sent to a new, com- and to a new country simply because his brothers were jealous of him. Then in that country, he worked for someone who, whose wife falsely accused him and had him chucked in prison where he stayed there for years, rotting. He had situation after situation where he had circumstances that were difficult. But in those circumstances, he kept on going. He kept on being faithful to God. Here's a thought for us as we look at Joseph. Joseph didn't allow the circumstances of his life to dictate his faithfulness to God. Throughout his life, no matter what situation, no matter what circumstance, he chose to honour God and please God in all those difficult seasons. And as he did, God put his favour on him. God gave him opportunity and he led and influenced in every sphere of life that he was in because he was a man who didn't allow the circumstance to hold him down, but rather he continued to pursue God. And as we look at Joseph's life, that's the pattern for us. As I said, we all go through difficult circumstances and it's easy in those difficult circumstances for those circumstances to hold us back from being faithful to God. When we go through difficult circumstances, it can lead us to feeling hurt. It can lead to disappointment. It can lead to pain. It can lead to things that hold us back from doing the things that God wants for us. 
But what we see in Joseph in his life is he didn't allow the difficult circumstance to hold him down, but rather he continued to be faithful to God no matter what happened. To be faithful to God means to be full of faith. To live a life where you trust God, where you're obedient to God, where you're continuing to do the things God wants you to do, where you're continuing to step out, where you're continuing to love God and love people no matter what circumstance. And that's what we see in Joseph's life. Just recently, I was talking to a, to a, to a young guy whose parents had just split up. And I was talking to him about how he was feeling. And he said to me that he felt angry. And we, and we talked about why, and it made total sense for him to feel angry. And then I said to him, mate, you can't control the situation around you, but you can control how you respond. Holding on to the anger, yeah, you are angry, it makes sense for you to be angry, but holding on to that's not good for you. And so we talked about how to release the anger and how we can move forward in this situation. And it's the truth for all of us, just like in Joseph. We can't always control the situation and, and the things that happen in our life, but we can control how we respond. And we, can, and we can control our faithfulness to God. So let's now look at Joseph. Let's now think about his life. Let's talk about him. The context is about 1900s before Jesus was born. And as I said, we're looking at Genesis chapter, chapter 37 through 50. Joseph is the great grandson of Abraham, the grandson of Isaac and the son of Jacob. He's one of 12 brothers. Now, Jacob had four wives. One, his favorite wife was uh, Rachel, and, and Joseph was Rachel's firstborn son. And because of that, Jacob had Joseph as his favorite. Not a good idea, parents, having a favorite child, not a good idea, but that was the situation that Joseph found himself in. His dad liked him so much that he gave him a special coat that he didn't give to his other brothers, and his other brothers were jealous. Now, Joseph didn't act that wisely at a young age, 16, 7 years, 17 years of age. The Bible says in Genesis 37 that he, was, um, he dobbed on his brothers once for how they were treating the cattle and the sheep and the, and, and the stuff that the father owned. Another time um, he had dreams and in, the, and, the, and in the dreams it had his brothers bowing down to him and he then shared that with his brothers. Again, not a wise thing to do. But these are the things Joseph did at the age of 17 and one day in Genesis 37, we're told that, ja that Jacob, Joseph's dad, sent him out to go and check on the brothers. And Joseph went out to see how his brothers were going, doing, looking after the sheep and the cattle. And as his brothers saw Joseph approaching, they went, there's that dreamer. Let's get rid of him. They wanted to kill him. Now, the, older, the oldest brother, Reuben, said, let's not kill him. Let's chuck him in a well. And Reuben wanted to release him later, but that's not what happened. They chucked him in a well. And his brothers found some slave traders that were, that were traveling down to Egypt and they sold Joseph as a slave to Egypt. A really horrible situation. And that's the first circumstance that, that our Joseph finds himself in. He's sold as a slave into Egypt. And he ends up in the household of a man named Potiphar as a servant, as a slave in Potiphar's house. Potiphar was the, the, the head of the king or the pharaoh's security. Um, and Joseph found himself in that house serving God, doing all the things that God wanted him to do. And this is what we read um, around Joseph in this house. It says, The Lord was with Joseph, Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in, his, in the house 
of the Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. You know, when Joseph got to Potiphar's house, he could have been upset. No doubt he was upset for how he was treated, but he could have taken a massive step back. He could have been angry with the situation. He could have been angry with God for, for, for allowing, not that God made this happen by any means, but why didn't God stop this? He could have been angry at God. He could have been angry at his brothers and he could have been um, really negative in that household. He could have done them bare minimum. He could have treated people poorly, but that's not what he did. He was faithful to God. Joseph didn't allow his circumstances of being sold as a slave to dictate his faithfulness to God. He didn't allow the situation and the, and, and the misery and the, and the pulling away from family to hold him back. Rather, no matter what situation he was in, he served God. And as he found himself in Potiphar's house, he served God. He, he honoured God and Potiphar gave him influence. Joseph didn't allow the circumstances of life to hold him back. Rather, he continued to be faithful to God. Then we have this second circumstance where he is falsely accused. This is what we read from verse 6 in Genesis chapter 39. It says this, this he's, still in, he's still in Potiphar's house. It says, now Joseph was well built and handsome. He's about 17 years of age. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Wow, temptation has come Joseph's way. How's he going to respond? Now, I reckon it would have been easy for Joseph to think to himself, well, no one knows me here. Um, I haven't got any family here. I have got no reputation to uphold. Maybe I can feel good for a change. I've just been treated so poorly. I've left everything behind. I'm, 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 I'm feeling lonely here. Um, Maybe if I have some sort of relationship with this woman, it may, may give me some satisfaction. But that's not how he responded. Look at how he responded. In verse 8, he says, but he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? You know, Joseph here was deliberate in honouring his master Potiphar. He was deliberate in honouring Potiphar's wife, the woman he's trying to seduce him. And he also wanted to honour God. He wanted to be faithful to God and he said he didn't want to sin against God. Because although Joseph was on his own, living in a foreign land, could do whatever he want because no one he cares about is going to find out about it, he didn't allow the circumstance of the life to hold him back. It says this in verse 10, And although she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. He refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. He separated himself from her because he wanted to honour her, her husband, and also honour God. See, friends, when we think about Joseph, Joseph didn't allow the circumstances of life to dictate his faithfulness to God. He wanted to honour God in no matter what happened. But this woman continued to pursue him. And one day he was in the house and she ripped off one of his garments and said to, said to um, her husband, 
Look, this Joseph tried to seduce me. He tried to have his way with me. That wasn't true. But Potiphar believed his wife over Joseph. And as a result, Joseph was sent to prison. Man, talk about hard time after hard time. He was sent to prison. He was falsely accused and sent to prison. Now, in the prison, it would have made sense for Joseph to shrink back, to go, woe is me, my life sucks. God, I'm done. I I, I don't want to do this anymore. God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? Why are you stepping in? He could even hold anger and offence towards God. He could have blamed people for his circumstance and he could have shrunk back and hid and did the bare minimum in the jail. That's not what he did in the jail. He chose to honour God in the jail. He chose to serve God in the jail. And the head of the jail noticed him. Because Joseph was faithful to God, he noticed him and gave him responsibility. This is what we see in, in Genesis 39 verse 20. He says, but while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of all the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison and he was made responsible for all that was done there. You know, Joseph is an amazing man. Even though he has difficult situation after difficult situation, he chooses to honour God. He chooses to step up and be the leader that God has called him to do. He chose to love God. He chose to love people and was faithful with what God had put in his hands. And that's the exact thing God's calling us to do. No matter what circumstance, if it's a good circumstance, if it's a difficult circumstance, God wants us to choose to honour him and be faithful to him no matter what comes our way. The third circumstance today, we have Joseph, friends, having an opportunity for revenge. You know, Joseph, after he's been put in prison, he has an opportunity to interpret some dreams, the dreams of the cupbearer and the person who made the bread for Pharaoh. The, uh, the interpretation of the dreams was that the cupbearer was going to go back to Pharaoh and Joseph said, when you get back to Pharaoh, tell him about me, tell him about my situation, that I've done nothing wrong and yet, and yet I'm in this place. When the cupbearer went back to Pharaoh, he forgot for two years until Pharaoh had a dream. And the cupbearer said, I know someone who may be able to interpret. And Joseph went to the Pharaoh, interpreted his dream, and the Pharaoh was so impressed that the Pharaoh put him second in charge of all of Egypt under his leadership. Why? Because Joseph was a man of faith to God, continued to honour God, serve God, and when God gave him opportunity to serve people by interpreting dreams, he did that. God gave him the interpretation, the incorrect interpretation, and, 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 he, and he gave it. And so now Joseph finds himself second in charge of Egypt with the responsibility of getting the people of Egypt through this famine. There was going to be seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. The Bible tells us that Joseph was 30 years old when he became second in charge of Egypt. So for 13 years of his life, He's had difficulty rising up, difficulty rising up, difficulty, and now he's risen up again. And throughout a whole season of the pain of being sold as a slave, ripped out from your family, not knowing anybody, treated poorly, falsely accused, he continued to serve God. And he finds himself second in charge of Egypt, second in charge of Egypt and in charge of the distribution of the food when the famine hits. 
It just so happens that this famine was widespread and his brothers up in Canaan and his father's family also experienced the famine. And so Jacob sent his brothers down to Egypt to get some food. Now, they didn't know anything about Joseph. They didn't know what happened to him. Jacob thought his son was dead. The brothers didn't know where he was. And so his brothers comes down to Egypt and they end up standing in front of Joseph. They didn't recognize him, but Joseph recognized them. And they said, we need food. Now, I wonder how you respond in that moment. Joseph had opportunity for revenge. His brothers had treated him so poorly simply because they were jealous of him. In our Genesis um, 41, we get a glimpse of some of the pain that our Joseph went through. The Bible doesn't talk about his pain other than in these verses here where it describes about how Joseph got married once he was second in charge of Egypt and he had a couple of kids. And this is how, look at how he names his kids and names were important at the time. Names had meaning. Look at what it says here. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. Firstly, he gives praise to God. For, for, for what God got him through. But we also have a glimpse of his pain, all the trouble in all my father's household, the pain of leaving his father's household behind and the trouble of being sold as a slave, being chucked in prison. Look at his second son. And the second son he named Ephraim and said, it's because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Again, he praises God, but he also recognises his suffering. And as we think about his brothers standing in front of him, Joseph's brothers standing in front of him. No doubt Joseph would have thought about those 13 years of difficulty that his brothers caused. Friends, he had an opportunity to be to, to put his anger and his hurt on his brothers, second in charge of Egypt. He could have locked them up in prison. He mostly could have had them executed. He could have had them wiped out. But again, Joseph didn't allow the circumstances of life to dictate his faithfulness to God, faithfulness to God. You know, he could have went with revenge. But he didn't. He went with compassion. He went with forgiveness. The story has some more parts to it, but he eventually gets his dad, his younger brother Benjamin, and the whole family down to Egypt where he sets them up in a city, gives them housing, gives them food, and the family's safe. And the people from Jacob's descendants stay in Egypt for 400 years until the exodus where we have Moses. See, Joseph didn't allow the circumstances of his life to dictate his faithfulness to God. He didn't run with revenge. He ran with forgiveness. He ran with compassion. He ran with acceptance. Friends, Joseph is a guy who was all in. Now, as we look at Joseph's life, we see difficulty after difficulty after difficulty. And he didn't shrink back. He didn't allow the pain to control how he responded. He didn't allow the hurt to control his faithfulness to God, but rather, yes, he was hurt. Yes, he was in pain. Yes, yes, there was disappointment. Yes, people treated him poorly. And yet he chose to be faithful to God, even in those situations, even in those circumstances. And friends, it's the same for us today. We don't need to allow the circumstances of our life to dictate our faithfulness to God. You know, the reality is we've all been hurt. People have treated us poorly. 
People have let us down. Leaders have hurt us. People who should care about it the most have, have treated us poorly. We've tried things and they failed. We've, there is great loss in, in, in all our lives. And the reality is we can allow the hurt, the difficult circumstances to dictate how we respond to God. It's so easy for those situations to build in us bitterness and resentment. It's easy for us to think because of those situations, that's it, I'm done, my life is over, I'm not going to try anymore. It's easy for us when, when people hurt us to just to quit on relationships and say, I'm not doing relationships anymore. It's easy for us to think I'm going to isolate myself. It's, a, it's easy for us to have a victim mentality and blame others for everything that's happened around us. And as a result, we don't try, we don't step out. And some of us, we can even blame God for the situation that we're in. And the, but the reality is God didn't put it there. God didn't make that situation happen. Rather, people did. The enemy did. We even put ourselves in difficult situations. And yet sometimes we blame God when it's actually not his fault. Now, it's easy for us to respond in those ways of bitterness, resentment, stepping back, allowing the hurt to, for us to step out. But that's not what God wants for us. That's not God's best for us. What he wants for us is a life of faithfulness to him. No matter what happens in our life, no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, we continue to be faithful to him. We continue to trust him. We continue to obey him. We continue to live the life that he wants us to live. We continue to love God. We continue to love people, even though we've been hurt, even though there's pain, even though things are difficult. We choose to love God, obey God, be the people that God wants us to be. And when we do that, <laughs> when we do that, God uses us in every situation. God uses us in every circumstance. And God takes these circumstances that are painful and God somehow twists it and brings good out of it. And, and, and we can use our, the, the difficulty we've experienced to help others. We can be a blessing to others. It's living a life, friends, that is all in, all in for God, where, where no matter what situation we're in, no matter what circumstance, we choose to obey him, we choose to follow him and live the life that he wants us to live. So as we finish this message today, as we come to the end, here's a question for you. Where have you, where have you allowed the circumstance of life to affect your faithfulness to God? One more time. Where have you allowed the circumstances of life to affect your faithfulness to God? As I said, you've all been through difficult situations. We've all been through difficult circumstances. But where have we, where have we allowed those circumstances to hold us back? Where have we allowed the pain, the hurt, to stop us stepping out and being obedient to God from doing the things God wants us to do? I encourage you to take 30 seconds, consider this question, pray, Reflect. Ask God where, where this has happened, where you've allowed these situations to hold you back. Take 30 seconds. Let's pray. Father, we live in a fallen world. 
and we're all going to go through difficulty until the return of Jesus. And you set up the uh, new heaven and the new earth. And we look forward to that. But right now, God, we, we live in this world where there's pain, where there's hurt, where there's loss. And it's so easy for us for those situations and circumstances to affect us so deeply that we don't step out for you, that our faithfulness in you drops off or we hold back. Well, because of the hurt, we aren't obedient. We don't love like we should. We isolate ourselves. We don't obey you like we should. We don't step out like we should. And when that happens, God, we ask you to forgive us for those times. Forgive us for those times. Father, we ask now that you would give us by your spirit the ability to be obedient, the ability to step up, the ability to say yes, the ability to do the things you want us to do. Lord, that we will be faithful to you in whatever circumstance, like we see in Joseph's life. He went through difficulty after difficulty and yet he was faithful. And Father, as we go through difficulties in life, that we will be faithful to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, friends, we've talked about being faithful to God no matter what situation, no matter what circumstance. But the reality is God was the one who was firstly faithful to us. And the Bible says that we all mess up, we all get it wrong, but God loved us. He didn't leave us. He came to us in His Son, Jesus Christ, and gave His life for us. And the first step, friends, in being in living a life that is faithful to God, the first step is by committing your life to Jesus. And if you'd like to do that, I want to give you that opportunity right now. So I'm going to pray a prayer. If you want to commit your life to Jesus, I, pray, I encourage you to pray this prayer after me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer, I encourage you, if you're watching online, to click on the prayer box and let us know you prayed it. If you're in the room and you're watching this, please come forward for the prayer to the prayer team and tell someone you prayed it. Because it's really important that you start this Christian journey well and live a life of faithfulness. And we want to help you do that. Thanks for being part of it today. I encourage you to live a life that is all in. Don't allow the circumstance of life to dictate your faithfulness to God. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church Podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers.